Have any of you ever had a problem? Wow, that's amazing. And you're born again? Okay, well, we're going to talk about every problem has an answer. And it really does. And you're going to find it right here, amen? And I want you to realize that you and I are problem solvers. We are not problem dodgers. Thank you. You, we, we've got to face the issues of life. And people will run from a problem and hide from it. And that's not solving. It is not going away. Right. So what you, we have to do is seek the answer to the problem. And, and every person has a problem. And one of the definitions in the Webster's uh, of problem is it's a matter that is perplexing or it's difficult, it could even, now I added this, it could even be a person in your life. I'm waiting. Amen. And a lot of times, our problems are going to come from other people, but what they say, what they do, how they act, or whatever. Well, you know, we need to know how to answer that type of a problem when it comes to a person. And this word, I mean, I got to quote some of this to a lady uh, yesterday. We are to pray for those who despitefully use us. Now, do you do that? After tonight, you will. Because I pray that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened to this glorious gospel. And you're not going to run from the problems. You're going to find out what the answer is. So there is a solution to whatever that problem is. And with these problems, you've got to realize God didn't cause them. The enemy, Satan comes, John 10, 10 says, Satan comes to steal, to kill, and destroy you. His time is almost up. And he's on the rampage. But he's after the word that's in you. And if he has to do it through physical means, whatever, financial he wants to steal the word out of you because you are a danger to him. And so don't let him steal the word. So if you're facing a difficult situation or a problem so big that's unbelievable, you, do you ever feel that way? I, I, you know, it's just almost unbelievable. It's, what do you have to, what do you do? You make a choice. I choose to believe what the word of God says. And remember, you are a problem solver. Let's say that. I am, I am. a problem, a problem. Solver, solver, not a problem, not a problem. Dodger. dodger. Amen. And don't forget that, okay? <laughs> so, God knows the answer. He isn't that wonderful knowledge? God knows the answer. So what I have to do is find out what that answer is. Now, the way I do this, the way I find the answer, I pray. Do you all know what tongues is? I know we've got a lot of our other group here. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And so I pray in tongues. And when I, I just tell the Father, okay, Father, you know the answer. You're in me. The Holy Ghost is in me. So I'm going to pray the answer. 
So I just began praying in tongues. And I may not know the answer up here yet, but I prayed it out of here, and I will go on about my business, and it will come to my mind. I may be doing dishes, I may be vacuuming, or whatever, but because I prayed the answer, I start praising him. Well, praise God, Father, I know what that answer is now. That's faith. Everything we receive from God, we receive in the realm of, with faith. And we receive it in the realm of faith, which is something we can't see, something we can't feel. It, it deals with faith. So I believe, I prayed over some things the other day, just like that. I prayed the answer in tongues. And then I rejoiced <laughs> because it was my spirit praying. And I just received it. You said, and you can ask me, well, do you know what the answer was? Yeah, by faith. I received it. I have no doubt. And that revelation will come to me, praise God. So, listen, you need to write this down, as Graflo Dollar would say. But every problem... This is so important. Every problem that I face introduces me to myself. You think about that. It will reveal what's in me. Now, let me just give you an example. This, this one kind of makes me want to cry, but another thing, you have to be a part of the solution. But... I know what's inside me, and I'll give you an example. My husband, Tom, he was a team roper as well as our pastor here. And he raised up uh, under the chutes, which was, do you know what chute gates are and all of that? <laughs> if you're a team roper or a calf roper. Well, we have an arena at our house. <coughs> and one day he was roping, and he raised up under those steel posts where you let the calves out. And he did not know this. He hit his head real hard. And he bruised his brain. He bruised both sides of his brain. And then in about two days, he started getting to where he couldn't lift a leg. He couldn't put his... He had have to take his hand and put it up on the steps to get in the house. And I don't know if Susan remembers this part or not, but what I'm trying to say is we have to use this word just like y'all do. And what's in you will come out of you, whether it's fear, whether it's faith. So we took him to the hospital, and I said, oh, well, he's got a brain tumor. And you and David were there, and we just looked at him like, no way. And so we left. And so I, Tom and I went to Grizz Ferry Lake. We had a little house rented up there. So he went in to rest in the bed, and I thought, well, I'll just go outside while he's sleeping. And I think Chelsea was a baby. Yeah. And so I hope you all don't mind me sharing this. I'm just showing you that what's in you is going to come out of you. And so I went out in the front yard, and I started hearing this terrible noise as it was this <laughs> noise coming out of him. I jumped, and I ran in there, and he had gone into a grand mal seizure. It lasted 35 minutes, 
what was in me, I did not think. And Susan had just driven up with Chelsea. I think she heard me hollering, you're going to live and not die. I jumped in the big middle of him, right in his stomach. I grabbed his head, and I said, you're going to live and not die. And I started speaking the word of God. That's what was in me. It's not what's wrong, what's going on. We're, you know, get in fear or anything. But what was in me was peace. The word brings peace. And so we got him to the hospital there in uh, Heber Springs. And, of course, they sent him to Little Rock with just the perfect doctor there. And he said, have you ever bumped your head? I said, yeah. Yeah, and you'd have to know Tom. He was tough. He was a tough man. And he said, well, you have bruised both sides of your brain. And the brain doesn't heal itself. Tom said, you do what you have to do, and I'll take care of the rest. And it did. It healed itself. He went back to scuba diving. He, he and Charles Capps were scuba divers together, spear fishermen. And you talk about me having to trust the word when he said, I'm going to go scuba diving. The pressure and all of that. I said, okay. I trusted his faith. But what's in you is what I'm trying to say is what's going to come out of you. I mean, he pulled a finger off roping. You know when you do the dally, when you rope a steer, and, and you wrap a dally is where you, uh, when you throw your rope. Is anybody in here cowboys besides us? <laughs> there you go, there's my cowboy. When he, when he threw the rope to head the steer, uh, he takes that rope and he dallies it around the horn. Well, his finger was in there. And he pulled it off. I don't know why I'm going into all of this. <laughs> so they got him to the hospital. The doctor said, well, we just will go ahead. Kids hanging by the skin. Don't y'all just love these illustrations? And so they said, we just got to go ahead and take the rest of it off. He said, no, you put it back on and I'll do the rest. What was in him came out of him. And he saved that finger. What's in you is going to get you past the problems of life. But let me tell you, there is such a thing as stubborn faith. And you better walk in that with some of the problems that's facing you. Amen. Well, anyway, I hope y'all enjoy <laughs> I could tell you more on him, but like shooting himself in the leg and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I had a man for a husband. <laughs> Praise God. They wouldn't believe it, would they, Rusty? <laughs> so, the thing of it is, you have to be a part of the solution to your problem. Absolutely. It's your faith. And, and for those that might be new, there's something about faith. This word, it's God's faith. It's his faith that he gives you. But faith reaches into the realm of the unseen, and brings that into the now. And so during the time that you're in the realm of the unseen and speaking the word of God, you have to have patience. 
And patience is the ability to stand in adverse circumstances without complaining. Okay, so but there's nothing, nothing is so big that you cannot overcome it. It may be overwhelming at first, but don't let Satan win, folks. He wants to win, but it's up to you to continue to quote the Word of God. The Word of God says that you're more than a conqueror. Isn't that neat? Do you believe that? Do you act like it? We're getting some yeses and we're getting well. I'm not for sure. Faith demands action. If you're more than a conqueror, do you know what that means? It means you win. You just won. Amen. Now, I want us to go to John 16. I mean, this may take more than an hour, folks, but we'll see. Who was it that went past 8 o'clock the other night? <laughs> somebody did. Was it Susan? No, somebody. Huh? Dylan. Dylan did. Dylan did. Sweet Dylan. Okay. <laughs> John 16, 33. Now, this is Jesus talking. Anytime it's in red, it's Jesus talking. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me, in Jesus, you might have peace. In the world, you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. He says, in this world that we live in, that you're going to have tribulation, you're going to have pressures. And then he says, be of good cheer. What? Be of good cheer with all these problems heavy on me? You're kidding, Jesus. Be of good cheer. And Jesus said, be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. And that be of good cheer means to brighten up. You know, some people need to notify their face. <laughs> I'm serious. They need to notify their face. And some, those that notify their face that they're under pressure, you can tell that too. But brighten up, that's what the Word of God says. The Amplified Version says, In the world you have tribulations and trials, distresses and frustrations, but be of good cheer. Take courage, be confident, be certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. I, and this is amplified. I have deprived the world of its power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Is that not awesome? Jesus has already taken care of your problems. You've got to learn how to exercise that. He says, I have conquered everything in this world. He took everything to the cross. And he left it there and he did not bring it back. Amen. Uh, Let's look at Isaiah 54 and 14. <clears throat> I love this scripture. In righteousness shall thou be established. That word righteousness means you have right standing with God. If you're born again, if you've accepted Jesus as Lord, you have right standing with God even if you have sinned today. It does not affect your right standing with God. That's pretty important to know. So in right standing with God shall thou be established. Thou shalt be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear. 
and from terror, for it shall not come near thee. Behold, they shall surely gather together. These things are going to be there. They're going to gather together against us as believers. But he said, Behold, they shall surely gather together, but they're not coming by me. If they're not coming by Jesus, who are they coming by? Satan. Okay? Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fall for thy sake. And he says, Behold, look, I have created the smith that blows the coals in the fire. What he's saying is, I created Lucifer, who became Satan later. He said, I created him, and he's the one that's fanning the flames. When it says he's blowing the coals in the fire, that means he is stirring that flame. He's stirring that fire, Satan is. And as his time gets closer to the end, he's going to fan those fires a lot more. There's going to be more of these things that he's saying that's going to come. And we've got to know how to, to act or what to do when they come. <clears throat> and so he says, and that bringeth forth an instrument for his work. And I have created the waster that destroys now listen to this. No weapon, no problem that is formed against you shall prosper. What are you, go what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do? With I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to say, this problem is not going to prosper. It will, words in your mouth, it will not go to fulfillment. It stops right now by the words of my mouth. This shall not come to completion. The words of your mouth will stop the progress of the problem. Amen? Okay. Let me read, start with that again. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment. Oh, boy, how about that? <laughs> Have you ever had people come against you with their tongue? and They've judged you whether they were right or whether they were wrong. But he says, every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, you're going to condemn it. You're going to say, no, no, I'm not receiving that in the name of Jesus. Okay? And this, he says, this is part of your inheritance as being born again. He says, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness, right standing, is of me, saith the Lord. So you have to speak to the weapon that's formed against you. I, I aim the word, just like you would a gun. I send the word where the problem is. If it's sickness in my body, I send the word. Okay, Father, I'm sending your word that says, by the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. And it's just like shooting a gun. Okay, you go straight to that problem in the name of Jesus. You got to send it. Send the word to the problem. Amen? Amen. God gave us his voice for a reason. <laughs> okay. So, this Isaiah 54 and 14 through uh, 17 is so important. It's such an important part of our life. Now, then, <clears throat> I was thinking about David. King David. In, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, and we can't go there because there's about three chapters on that. But remember the story about David and Goliath? When David was facing the giant, Goliath, he kept hearing these words that that giant was speaking. They were threatening words. And you know what? There was about a thousand or more, it says here, that they were scared 
of this giant's words. And you know what they did? They ran. And they sent this little bitty shepherd boy. He said, I'll go. But he knew something. He knew the covenant. He knew this giant did not have a covenant with God, but he knew that he did. So there was no choice. Uh, Goliath had to fall. And it wasn't because David was such a, a good shot with the slingshot, but it was the words of his mouth. David said what he was going to do to that giant. Now, he had an image. He had to have had an image. Words paint images. So he had an image in his mind of that giant being defeated. That's all he could see. So whatever your problem is, you need to be able to see the end result, and that's where you need to keep your focus. Now, I had shared with uh, the ladies, I think it was Bible, ladies' Bible study that I teach, or I don't remember. But I was watching Happy Caldwell's program two weeks ago, and he had Michelle's husband, Michelle Steele's husband on there, yeah, Philip, on there, and they were talking about peace. And back years and years ago, Jeannie Caldwell was in involved in a car wreck. And she broke her back in two places. And the word was in her so much, she refused to have those bars. I don't know how many bars they've been wanting to put in her back. She refused it. The only way she could refuse that was because of her faith. She knew that she knew that she knew that she would be healed. Now, if you don't know that you know that you know, you better get to the doctor. And I love doctors. God has given them a brilliant mind, and I use them. But at this point in time, uh, she didn't, she, she just knew her faith was that strong. Well, Oral Roberts came, and he prayed for Jeannie. And he got her out of the bed, the broke back in two places, stood her up, and he was moving her legs, and then he gave her some instructions. You know, the word is for instructions. And he said, now I want you to get back in that bed and stay for 30 days. Boo, do not take your mind back to that bed with you. Is that not awesome? Don't allow that mind of how bad your back was broken. Don't take that back with you. But you keep your focus on the word of God. That really ministered to me. So you can't take your mind back to that sickness and how bad you feel. You've got to keep your mind focused on the Word of God if you're going to have the Word of God type results. And I don't know, that just really, really ministered to me the way what Oral Roberts said to her. Okay, now then. Uh, let's go to Colossians chapter 1. Dylan, you'll have to give me a message, I mean a signal, when, whenever. Tanya usually has to do that too. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Colossians. Okay, Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us 
able, that word meet means which has made us able to be partners, partners, partners of the inheritance of the saints in light. Who hath delivered, has already delivered us from the power that darkness has. Wrap your mind around that. Darkness in your life of any kind. It can be sickness, it can be financial, it can be mental. Any kind of darkness, you have already been delivered from its power. The only way it will have power over you is if you give it power. If you start saying, I just feel terrible today. My legs are so weak today. Man, this headache is really something. You're giving the power of what you have been delivered from to that thing. Amen? So he said, who hath delivered, already delivered us from the power of darkness? I don't care what the darkness is. It doesn't matter what it is. And he has translated us, that word us is added, into the kingdom of his dear son. Now this is what the Amplified Bible says. The father has delivered and he draws us to himself. Come here, John. Come here, Kyle. Okay, this says in the Amplified, the Father has delivered. And come here, God. Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> God here has a drawing ability in him. And he will draw somebody who's in sin or who's not born again, that needs to be born again, he draws him to him. What is it? It's the goodness of God, the word says, that draws him to him. And then when you get there, it says, uh, he draws him to him, and he says, uh, out of the control and dominion of darkness. So since you have accepted Jesus as Lord, you have been drawn out of the dominion of darkness. Where'd you go? To the light. You've gone to the kingdom of light. You can sit down. Thank you, guys. So, he's taken you, ladies and gentlemen, out of the dominion of darkness. You need to say that. This darkness has no dominion over me. And look what he did. It says, and amplified, he has transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. You know, the kingdom of God, you go to Romans chapter 14, verse 17, he says, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God is peaceful. And that's where he's drawing you to. He doesn't want you to be in darkness. He doesn't want you to be addicted to anything, even to food. He doesn't want you to be addicted to that. That's just the biggest addiction that there is. You know, you can be addicted to anything. But listen to this. This is a quote. I've been thinking about the blood of Jesus. Satan has to cross the bloodline to get to me. 
I mean, God just, he just gave me that. He has to cross the bloodline of Jesus. But, and then he can't cross that line. And this is, you know, the Holy Spirit was just sharing this to me. I'll share it like he told, told me. Satan has to find an entrance to come into the kingdom of light. And I will be the one that will give him the entrance to cross that bloodline into the kingdom of light where I'm dwelling. He has to cross over into that kingdom. He has to find an entrance. And usually it's by, the, by our mouth or by our actions. But, you know, he can't do that. Because Colossians says, I have been transferred. Now, if you're transferred from someplace, you're transferred to someplace. Right? So I, he says, I have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness. Now, use your mind. I have been transferred from that kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. That's where I live, is the kingdom of light. Darkness will come if I give it an opportunity but I know what to do, and it will try to come. But I know what to do when it tries to come. I recognize it for what it is. Satan comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I recognize who's doing it. I know where it's coming from, and I stop it with the words of my mouth. You've got to release the words. You cannot just think the words. The power is when they're spoken. Amen? So, uh, Proverbs 12 Let's just, let's just go there, Proverbs 12. We're going to be in a couple of Proverbs. Don't you love the Word of God? I'm telling you, oh, it's our life source. Uh, verse 13, Proverbs 12, 13. The wicked is snared by the transgression of his lips. Well, what comes out of your lips? Words. But the just shall come out of trouble with his lips. So how important is it that you speak the word of God, what God says? It'll bring you out of trouble. It'll bring you out of that problem if you will use what the word of God says for us to use. Okay. He says, the just shall come out of trouble. And then, you know, you have to ask yourself, okay, how? But how am I going to bring myself out of trouble? Well, Proverbs 18, 21, it says that life and death are in the power of your words. Life, and it says the power of the tongue, but it's the words that comes out of your mouth, okay? And Proverbs 18 and 7, I'm going to go there. 18 and 7. Oh boy, anybody a fool in here? Don't raise your hand. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. Your words can snare what's right up here, what's sitting on your shoulders. Your mind, your will, your emotions is what makes up your soul. And your lips can be a snare to your soul. And Satan has to cross that line. He has to deal with our soul. He wants access to your mind. He wants you saying the wrong things. He doesn't want you saying what the Word of God says. So, 
It's, it's what's sitting right up here on these shoulders, amen? And what does the book of James says? James says that if we don't bridle our tongue, we will deceive our soul. You can deceive your own soul. You can say what you're saying, continue to say it, continue to say it, and you will accept it. You will accept it, and you, you will deceive yourself. Oh, I mean, the doctor told me this, and the doctor told me that, and I, you know, you just keep saying what the doctor's report is and saying the doctor's report, and you will deceive your own soul into accepting that and to accepting that I can't do anything about this, the doctor said. Well, what did God say? What did Jesus say? By the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. So you continue speaking that. So don't let the word... Well, let me, let me back up. Don't let what you are experiencing, whatever that problem is, be the thing that you believe. Don't let what you're experiencing... Everybody in here has a different type problem. But there's an answer. So don't let what you are experiencing right now be what you believe. Don't let it be what your focus is on. You can't do that. Because you're going to have exactly what your focus is on. You have to be spiritually stubborn on some of this stuff. Amen, Susan? I know I keep telling people I'm spiritually stubborn. They, they just say I'm stubborn. And I add the spiritual to it. Okay. Don't let what your experience in right now, if it be financial, mental, because the word has to do a lot with finances. You know what, what the word says, I'm blessed going in, blessed going out? Amen. He says these blessings are going to come upon me and overtake me. I look, I sit in my recliner in my living room and I look out at, across the big old two-acre pond and the horses and the cows and the deer jumping the fence, and I think, where did all of this come from? It comes from saying what the Word says about me. Amen. Continue to say it. I'm blessed, okay? So, it says that just shall come out of trouble, but then we ask ourselves, but how am I going to do it? We're going to do it with the words. You're going to come out of trouble. But you've got to continue to say and not take those words back, okay? Don't let what you're experiencing. You've got to get your mind past what you are experiencing. And you may have to say that and say that and say that until finally uh, faith will come. It may not come the first time. And I've, my ladies know this story because I've taught it for years about wealth and riches shall be in our house. This, this is in the Word. But I had that written, Susan knows this, I had that written all over my house. I write things on sticky pads. I stick them all over everywhere. And it was, I made it into a confession. Wealth and riches are in my house because we fear the Lord and keep His commandments to the best of our ability. Every time I went in the back door, I would read it. Every time I looked on the mirror, I would read it. Every time I looked in the refrigerator, I would read it out loud. Wealth and riches. But I was going, wealth and riches are in our house because so we fear the Lord and keep his commandments. Thank you, Lord. Like that. 
I said it so much, and for so long, faith came. And I know the day that faith came, because I was in the kitchen, coming in that back door, and I slammed my hand down on that counter. I said, wealth and riches are in my house, because we do fear the Lord, and we do keep his commandments. See the difference in the tone of the voice? I knew that I knew that I knew what was fixing to happen. Well, and I can tell you right now, wealth and riches are in my house. Why? Because I kept speaking what the Word said. You've got to continue saying what it says. Okay, so, there is no problem so big that you cannot overcome it. Speak to it and leave it said. Any problem Satan brings against us has to be of this world. We are in this world but we are not of this world. We have, as born-again people, different laws, spiritual laws, that we operate in the world with. And the spiritual laws are higher than the world's laws. But we've got to have them come out of our mouth. But, but remember, Jesus said to be of good cheer. N- not depressed. You know, he didn't say, be depressed. Won't you just get depressed over this? But you might say, you know, I am so depressed today. You would not believe what has happened to me. And you just talk on and on and on. And Satan has his little antenna up. Yeah, just let him keep saying that. Because I'll answer that. And you're not going to feel good. Did you know your body, when you start talking to it, it has to respond to it? It has to, but you're going to have to give, have patience, let patience have its perfect work, let it do what it's supposed to do, and patience deals with this that sets up here on your shoulders. It deals with your mind, it deals with those thoughts, you know, your thought patterns. You know, you may have been raised totally different than like what Susan was and David was, because we got in the Word early, early in our years, and and we raised them to, to know the word of God and to say the word of God. But you may not have been raised that way. And so you may not be as far along in the faith message as what some people are that have been in it for years and years and years. But I know when we first started hearing the word of God and the confessions of our mouth, and that just tickled me to death. I'll never forget that that went around. Oh, that just tickled me to death. And... And somebody would answer, really? Are you fixing to die? Because you're tickled. And so we learned to correct our English. Is anybody else? I know, Larry, y'all, y'all learned that, didn't you? To not say those, those things. Well, you know, I know this, that, and the other. I know that my mama had cancer. And the doctor said, you know, if it runs in your family, that's what's going to happen to you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Let me tell you something. Tom always taught you have been regenerated. If I went by what all my family died from, I wouldn't be here. We had cancer. We had heart attacks. We had all kinds of stuff. But I have been regenerated. And so have you if you've accepted Jesus as Lord. You don't have to have those bad habits that maybe your mom or your dad had. 
You really do not have to have those. Not if you've been regenerated, and you need to tell your body that. Body, you have been regenerated. You don't have those genes, girls. You don't have those genes, guys. It, it might not have been a mom, at, mom or dad, but a, a relative. You don't have those genes, not if you've accepted Jesus as Lord. And, and I just tell my body, if I need peace, you know where I get it from? Right inside here. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, and faith are fruit of my spirit. You see, what you see standing here is not me. It's my earth suit. My spirit man had to have something to travel the earth in. And this, this is, you don't really see me, I'm in here. But this is my body. And you know what? God wants to dwell in a healthy body. And our Bible study, ladies' Bible study, have been teaching for weeks on I'm on the hunt for health. Boy, it has it been something. And I'm still hunting. Sometimes you have to hunt. You know. Not that kind of hunt. <laughs> By the way, I want some of that deer stuff. <laughs> but listen, this is your body. And you do have a responsibility to it. God doesn't want to dwell in a fat body. Oh, excuse me. Am I stepping on? He doesn't. He will. He will. <laughs> but he would rather it be a healthy... I'm not saying you have to be skinny, because that's just as bad as anything. I'm not saying you have to be skinny, but do what's right for your body, that God can move in it, that if he wanted you to do something, if he wanted you to walk someplace and you could, didn't have the breath to get there, oh, I better get off of this. We have a responsibility to have a body like the Word pictures it to be. And when I pray over my food now, I pray different over my food now. Because we learned that the Word says to eat what's set before you. Jesus did. But when I bless the food, I call out of it the nourishment that I need from it. I say, whatever is in this food that Susan or Tanya has cooked, you may look at it, well, I can't eat that. Well, I can. Because he tells me to bless it. And so I bless it. I eat what I want. I don't go above what I, you know, should, eating it. But I, I say, now, Father, I'm going to eat what's said before me. Tanya and those girls have worked all week. And I'm going to eat some of that. And I draw out of that the nourishment that's in there that my body does need. See, I started praying different over my food. You know what that has done for me? I'm free to eat anything I want. Now, you may not be there, but I believe it. Oh, well. I wish I could get into prosperity, but, <laughs> but I'm not going to. Anyway, I'm going to close this out. Jesus said to be of good cheer, not to get depressed. I've talked to two ladies today on the phone that are so depressed. Pity parties. 
A pity party is your thoughts are all turned inward. And I, I, I just, I told them what they were doing. In, in kindness, this is what you're doing. But notify your face, amen? Let your countenance show the cheer, amen? And remember the quote that I started with in the beginning, we are problem solvers, not problem dodgers. In that, when I quoted that Romans 14 and 17, where it said the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That verse 19 after that is very important. It says, let us therefore follow after the things that make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify another. To me, that scripture is just as important as the 17th. We've got to follow after the things that will bring that peace and joy. And that way we will edify other people when they see what we're walking in. Amen? I'm done. I love the Word of God. Payback time. Yeah, for real.